Welcome to ERM Perspectives, the show dedicated to credit union enterprise risk management. If you're interested in hearing perspectives on enterprise risk management directly from the people who do ERM at credit unions, you've got the best seat in the house. I work with credit unions every day so they can have their ideal enterprise risk management program. I'm your host, David Seibert. Let's dive in. Hi, and welcome to ERM Perspectives. My guest today is Rachel Geiselman. Rachel is the Vice President of Risk and Compliance at Credit Union One Alaska. Welcome to the show, Rachel. Hi, David. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Cool. Well, thanks for taking out the time. Yeah. Well, let's get to know you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and your, your backstory and how you got to the credit union today? Sure. So I actually um, told a friend of my stepmom in the third grade that I wanted to be a banker when I grew up. <laughs> and here I am. I wouldn't say I'm a banker, but I am a credit unioner. And what excited me then was that I would get to dress up and go to an office each day. (laughs) So I started with my first financial services job in college. I was working at a small community bank. And then my husband and I got stationed in Guam. And while we were in Guam, that's where I started my first credit union gig. And I really loved the culture and spirit of the credit union. And then I learned more about the overall culture and spirit of the credit union movement. And so when my husband separated from the military, we decided to chase my career. And I got a job in Alaska with a credit union there. Mm -hmm. And I would say the rest is kind of history. I've grown my career in this space over the years. And I've been in the financial services industry for about 12 years now, including my first bank job and about 10 years in credit unions. So I started in credit unions pretty broad. Of course, I started on the front lines, which I think is invaluable. It's so important for folks to understand what it's like to be on the front lines of our helping members in the front lines of our business. That's a totally different perspective. So I started there and I grew up kind of through the ranks. And then I went to a small credit union and I, um, that was just the best thing that could have ever happened for my career. I worked there for six and a half years And because it was small, as I'm sure all the small credit union listeners and even small community bank listeners can connect to is you wear a lot of hats. And so I got to really play around and see what I liked. And I've always been drawn toward um, operations and compliance. And I like that because I like... I like knowing what the quote unquote rules are um, and just kind of following them. But what I really like is that play, the give between what is compliant versus how do we drive the business and where can we play in the middle so that we're compliant, but also driving business. And what I didn't know at that time early on when I was discovering that that's what I liked is that really plays into risk management because how do you, you know, balance risk and maintain, you know, your risk appetites and and determine your risk appetites, then stay within them and also drive business. So I really enjoy that. And I had a great time at that small credit union. Uh, And then we relocated to Colorado 
And I worked for another institution here before Credit Union One reached out and recruited me back to be there. I started as their VP of compliance and then expanded into the VP of risk and compliance. So that's where I'm at today. Wow. That's, that's a great history. Thanks for sharing all that. Yeah. I love the story about when you were a little girl and you wanted to be a banker <laughs> so you can dress up. Is there any more to that? Or you just got to know that banking was kind of a professional dress atmosphere? Well, my stepmom has always been in financial services. She was actually the president and CEO of a a teeny tiny credit union in mm. the 80s. And so, you know, when there was just little speckles of credit unions all around because we were serving more of that direct membership. So she's been in banking my whole life. And so I got to, she would take me along with her for all of her uh, volunteer opportunities. Mm. She did a lot of volunteering through the bank that she worked for. And I got to see just that community involvement and the dressing up. And I really liked both concepts as a little girl that I got to work with all kinds of people and potentially give back to my community. And then that like dressing up and being important, quote unquote. So (laughs) very cool. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. The other thing that you mentioned as you were going through your history, that was really interesting to me was the fact that there's this play with compliance and running the business because there's this constant trade-off, right? Of how much compliance, how to be efficient with the business. And then you you were able to translate that into the risk management space because it very much is a trade-off between risk and strategy, achieving the strategy, how much risk should we take, all that. So thank you so much for sharing that. That's a really cool perspective. And I can see how that would um, be a strong, uh, you know, trait with risk management. So Based on everything you said, I'm really looking forward to the rest of the things we get to talk about today. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Well, let's dive into the ERM program itself. What can you tell us about what you're doing at the credit union? Sure. So the ERM program at our credit union is, I would say, fairly new. I would say it's about five years old. And it was, and I've been with the credit union for about a year and a half. So it's before my time. And we work with a vendor who really helped us get it set up and and dive into the concepts. And now our program is more freestanding. And by that, I mean, we rely less on on the partner and we've brought it in-house internally. And essentially, we work with the stakeholders, so each area's unit leader. And I help them explore what the risk management looks like for their area. And then we have one-on-one meetings every six months. That's our goal. That's what we shoot for to update our, we call it our key risk matrix. And I meet with each unit leader. We go through their area, every section, we go through it together and we talk about updates. I bring up anything that's going on in the industry or any, the benefits of me also being in compliance is that I'm keeping my finger on regulations and those, the pulse points there. So I might bring up any changes there that might be pertinent to their area. And then we have our risk management committee and the committee meets quarterly. So we really have a holistic program that considers all aspects of the credit union. And then we come together as a risk management committee where we also, you know, I share updates, but then we also have dialogue about other things that could be considered or any 
maybe concerns. I wouldn't, I'm hesitant to use the word concern because I think that might be too strong of a word, but areas that we might want to keep an eye on and bring up at our next meeting. So that's in a nutshell, that's our current ERM program. Yeah, thanks. So you mentioned the word concerns at the risk management committee. Do you also talk about emerging risks or do you think those are kind of the same thing? Your concerns might be maybe emerging risks. Yes. Thanks for bringing that up. Yes. We talk about emerging risks. So we keep, we do talk about that at the risk management committee level. We also talk about that in the one-on-one conversations with our stakeholders, um, what's coming, what has come. Um, And so, yeah, concerns similar to emerging risks, risks, what's coming up, what have we been watching internally? Have we identified, you know, potentially an issue that we need to resolve? So yes, all of that in one. Great. Great. Thanks for sharing that. Now, is your risk management committee all management? Do you, do you have like a board member or anybody on there or is all management? It is all management. We don't have any okay. volunteers that currently sit on the committee, but all of the reports are reported up through. So it'll go to supervisory committee and to our board. Okay. So it does go through the supervisory committee and then to the board. Yep. Very yep. nice. Yeah. Well, I like how you started out talking about your one-on-one meetings with your leaders every six months, and you really go in and talk about key risks in their areas. Do you, so you, you, you have identified their key risks, but do you, sounds like you're also always looking for new risks, maybe new key risks to add to the list. And yeah. Yes. So I also, I am the liaison for external audit function. So we partner with that. We, so because it's external. And then I also oversee the quality control function within the credit union. So all of it really is interconnected in how we function. I know every place is different, but for us, that is how we, you know, for me, it's top of mind. Do I, do I need to tie this issue back to the key risk matrix? Is this going to affect that? That's how we view it. And sometimes For example, within our RIMCO packet, there is an update on external or the internal audit function and whether or not any recent audits have had an impact on the key risk matrix. Mm -hmm. So I comment on that. So it's forefront of everyone's minds and how that ties back in. And same thing with our quality control programs. I will comment if there is any need to update the key risk matrix based on any findings or anything like that that we're seeing. Mm. Nice. Thanks for sharing that. So within your, your kind your group, your team department, you have risk and you have compliance and you are liaison to external audit. Mm-hmm. Anything else in there that we didn't, that we didn't cover Got yeah, So it's those areas. Yep. That's the, yeah. okay. Okay. Anything unique about your ERM, ERM program that you want to share or is it, is that, do we cover that? I, the one thing I would say that's unique, and I don't know if unique is the appropriate term, but it is how, how we really pull in the stakeholders from each area that's important to our credit union, because it conveys the importance 
of risk management. So rather than just me functioning and coming back and telling people, this is what you should be concerned about, we get that buy-in and that understanding, which helps those unit leaders manage their areas and consider risk so that they know like, hey, maybe we need to pull in compliance on this, or maybe we should consider how this impacts the overall risk of the program that we're trying to implement. So I, that is something, I don't know if it's unique, but I definitely am prideful on that for our, our team is how well we work together and how open each business unit leader is to uh, considering the risk factors of their area. Yeah. I like that. Thanks for sharing that. So, and these stakeholders are like function heads and so HR, IT, Lending. Lending. Yep. Our, we call our collections function member assistance. Okay. So they're very involved finance, all the, you know, key areas, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, I was going to ask you, you know, is there something that your ERM program is particularly strong at, but maybe that's, that probably would be your answer. Is there anything else you want to comment about, about the strengths of the program right now? Hmm. I think it would be the the awareness of all and openness to all of our leaders. Yeah, it's nice nice to have that buy-in and the awareness. How does, so do you get a lot of buy-in like from the CEO and the board? You want to talk about that higher level of- of Yes, our our CEO, our new CEO too, um, and our board, our supervisory committee, they're all extremely supportive of kind of the top-down approach and and the importance of risk management, compliance. I am, I consider myself very lucky. I attend conferences or webinars and things like that. And usually the biggest gripe that people have is they don't have that support. Mm -hmm. And I have that support by and large by all the way from the board down. It's really awesome to be a part of a a credit union and an organization that, not only values that piece, the the risk management piece, but they take the time to understand what's going on. They ask questions so that I can bring them in the loop too. That's very important. I like that. So the board itself, how often are you reporting to the board and how detailed, how much involvement are they getting into the program itself and the risks, maybe risk appetite, those kinds of things? Sure. So the board sets our risk appetite statements. We have board set risk appetite statements and we follow those and they look at those annually to determine if they want to make any changes or stay status quo. As far as reporting, as I mentioned, the quarterly RIMCO goes up through them and there's different aspects of the risk management program that are, are reported to them, but not necessarily as the risk management program necessarily, of course. And then Let's see. And then I provide, which isn't necessarily fully related, but I also provide a quarterly compliance report. Mm-hmm. And there are aspects, again, of the risk management program within there that is, that's reported. Okay. Yeah. It's nice to know. For me, I, I like to hear how different credit unions are interacting with their boards. So thank mm-hmm. you for, for going through that. Sure. And you, and so it's nice to hear they're setting risk appetite Yes. Are you setting risk appetite based on strategic objectives or is it by risk category or how is that? What's your it's process? Objectives. Good. 
Okay. Yeah. So they consider, especially we've recently taken a huge dive into strategy. And so they definitely consider, they consider the whole picture. I, I wouldn't say that it's any one area in particular, but yes, they consider strategy, they consider area, um, and then they set their appetite statements and that is done in September of each year. Ah, planning. <laughs> so you just got through that process. Yes. Yep. Nice. Yep. Well, it's good to hear that they're setting that mostly through strategic objectives. I think that's much more intuitive, certainly easier for the board to get involved with risk appetite if it's strategy related, as opposed to how much cyber risk should we take? <laughs> for sure. Yes. And it's and that's another important piece. And I guess that speaks to their involvement and understanding that rather than just setting a bland, I guess you could say risk appetite statement, that they're truly considering, you know, the credit union holistically and what we're trying to achieve, because it's, you know, we have to be forward looking. We can't just look behind us to set various, yeah. you know, statements, goals, appetites. Uh, so they're forward looking and considering the credit union as a whole, which is pretty cool. Great. Yeah. I can see that's a big strength of your program. So congratulations on that. Thanks. Yeah. So now building an ERM program can be challenging. So what's one of the hardest things you've had to deal with, with your program and how have you gotten past that or how did you address that? Sure. So as I mentioned, the program was in place when I got here. Another thing is that I, I would consider myself an emerging leader in this space and by far not an expert. So for me personally, that's probably one of my biggest challenges is that I'm learning I have great mentors who are teaching me. I do a lot of reading webinars, podcasts like this one. So that's a challenge. Uh, but really when the program was initiated and something that is still a challenge and probably just because I'm challenging myself is ensuring that risk management is forefront in my mind so that as we're moving through these different functions, these different processes in the day-to-day -day, that I'm remembering to tie that back to the impact of our overall risk management program, because it's easy to kind of get out into the weeds and lose sight of how X, Y, and Z affect the overall picture. So I would say that that for me is one of my challenges and just getting uh, myself to, to close the loop on on various aspects that would affect our, our ERM program. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Good, good way to get past that, to keep that in your mind all the time to think about risk as opposed to getting into the weeds. Yes. And since you have some compliance, a lot of compliance experience, is it, do you have to fight the, the tendency to just have, have more of a compliance mindset as opposed to a more overall risk mindset? Is that part of it or? Is that not really part of it? Uh, I think that that can be a part of it. So sometimes I come at it with, come at, you know, the, a scenario with my compliance mind and I'm thinking, yay or nay compliant is, are we in compliance? You know, is it, is it good or is it not? But then where I really have fun. So I, I don't necessarily think it's a challenge, but sometimes it can be, is that balance of the risk management piece. And I think that that's well, that's what drives me to compliance and risk management is because they are in a lot of ways so intertwined, but also because I find it 
I love both topics because they touch every area of the credit union. So a lot of people think, oh, compliance or oh, for risk, like boring. And for me, I get to talk to every stakeholder in the credit union. I know what's going on for the most part in every area of the credit union. Um, so I would, I would say that sometimes it can be a challenge depending on what the topic is, because we might be, you know, if there's a big compliance issue, obviously our, our focus is pretty narrowed and diving really deep into that. But in general, because my passion lies with that balance and that play, that give, it it's usually right up in there. Mm -hmm. uh, but as I'm learning, I think that I'm learning how things affect the risk, the risk management piece. Yeah. So is there anything else about you or the ERM program or the credit union that we haven't covered that you'd like to share? Uh, I, you know, one thing that I think is pretty cool about serving Alaskans. So we're the only credit union one's the only state chartered credit union in the state, but I love our Alaska credit union group. We're a tight knit credit union team, I would say. And one thing that can be challenging, even I've heard it from in my tenure at the, at the smaller credit union and still at credit union one as well, that is interesting. And as it relates to risk management is how serving Alaskans, you know, it's a very unique landscape and a very unique membership and that, you know, we're serving little tiny villages where mm. a traditional valuation model for, you know, residential lending or any kind of real estate lending is not, it just doesn't fit. It's putting a, a square peg in a round hole. And so we, I think that we do a really cool service and we're, we try really hard to navigate that risk in knowing our members because, you know, that's a huge, huge difference is that we work one-on-one -on -one with our members and find ways to serve the unique needs of Alaskans. And I think it's pretty cool. And I know that our, I have to shout out for our other fellow credit unions in Alaska doing the same kind of work that we're doing and navigating um, those challenges and being able to communicate that back to examiners. So they're always really open. I shout out to our examination team as well and hearing how we're balancing risk and still striving to meet the needs of our, our membership. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. So the biggest uniqueness about Alaska, the community and your members is that there's, there's so far dispersed and there's some very small communities. Is that really the, the main difference? Yes. So if the only way you can get to a location is by air or by water, yeah. getting building materials there is very challenging, right? But these are people's homes. This is their, this is where they live. This is where they grow their families. I remember when I was in marketing, helping with marketing at the smaller credit union, we'd go pull pictures and try and put them out there. And it's like, you know, this doesn't, just doesn't match. It, it looks like the lower 48 and we want to connect with our members. And so those challenges of, of housing and what that looks like and trying again to fit that into traditional lending models and even just service. I mean, how there's tons of villages within Alaska that don't have access to financial services yeah. and how focused we are on trying to, to improve that, to bring those services to all of Alaska. Mm. 
That's great that you have experienced that. You have, you focused on that. You're paying attention to those members. And that really fits into the credit union movement, like you mentioned yes. in the opening, right? And I'm so drawn to that as well. It's really about the members and the cooperative movement. So that's a great example of that, Rachel. Thanks for sharing that. Thanks. So do you have any advice for listeners for how they might go about building ERM or what they should focus on or just any advice in general? Sure. So for all my emerging leaders out there, my advice is to just keep keep going. Network, network, network. I wouldn't be where I'm at without my network. Not only the learning piece, but just the camaraderie. You know, when you have a tough day, your, net, your network gets it. Uh, for building a program, again, back to the network, because asking others what they're doing, every credit union, I think anybody in the credit union space realizes that, and, and small community banks as well, realizes that we do a lot of things that fit our um, institution. So you're not going to be able to go from institution to institution and apply a mold. Instead, you have to find what works for you and having your network really helps facilitate that because you can get advice from various different institutions and skill sets and then apply it to your your credit union or your financial, you know, whatever your you are in that term, bank, credit union, community bank. And I think that that's just so invaluable. Trying to go out and do it all yourself, you are more likely to get overwhelmed and potentially build a program that is, it's vanilla and you, the, the best program you can have is one that has, you know, the sprinkles and the chocolate chips and the Rocky road, all the things that fit whatever your institution is rather than just a vanilla program that really is probably causing you a lot of additional work and stress Mm -hmm. and not providing or producing the results that you're looking for. That's great awareness and great advice, Rachel. I agree about the power of networks and learning from each other and having that ability to trust others in similar situations and use that information to build what's right for you as opposed to, as you've said, just a plain vanilla ERM program that's written about in all the articles and books and things like that. So really good advice. Do you have some specific you have some examples, I should say, of networks or how you go about talking with others and how you're learning from others? Sure. I know this isn't necessarily a specific example, but I have no issue just saying, I don't know, I need help. Um, and I think it, being vulnerable is really important. Mm-hmm. And then I look for different listservs that I can get on where people are sharing information. My favorites are C-Bank, Bankers Online, and the CUNA communities. One, this isn't necessarily directly an ERM example, but it is because it's has to do with fraud and, and helping credit unions deal with fraud. And a group of us came together through one of those listservs and we've taken it offline and we are building fraud programs and materials to be shared with other credit unions and probably institutions because we'll all go share it on our listservs. And it's just a great example of network. In all reality, the, the credit union community, my time spent in small community banks, I had a great, I had great support too. So 
that is probably my favorite example. I love seeing the work and how we've just taken it offline and we're putting we're putting everything we've got into it because we know that while I might only know how to write the policy, I trust in my in my cohorts and my other network friends that they're going to help me build the member facing reducing fraud piece. So I just think it's a really cool thing that's going on in the space right now. You're right. That is a very good example. Thank you for sharing that and the other resources you're using. So I'm sure that's going to be very valuable to the listeners. Very good Thanks. advice. Yeah. Thank you. Well, that kind of brings me to my last question. That is, how can a listener get a hold of you if they want to ask you about networking or if they have any questions for you or if they just want to network with you about ERM? Sure. Well, first of all, I would love that. So please do reach out. As I mentioned, I'm all about network. So I have a LinkedIn profile and I'm active on there. And then my email will be in the show notes. I was telling David that this is, I have a strange email. So my email is guy, G-U-Y, cell, S-E-L, and then M-R at cu1.org. Thank you for providing that. I I imagine there will be people reaching out to you and I would, I see why, because you've shared a lot of great information today and resources for networking. So thanks. Thanks for all that. It's been a lot of fun today to talk about your ERM program and, and get to know you. It has been. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, maybe we should do this again in a year or so as you continue to mature the program and you're no longer an emerging leader. You're a ERM leader. So let's move <laughs> I that. love that. Thank you. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you, Rachel. Thank you. And to the listeners, thanks for listening to this episode of ERM Perspectives, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. That's all for today's ERM Perspectives. If you enjoyed the show and heard something useful, please do your friends and colleagues a favor and share this podcast with them. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next one. Please contact me if you'd like to be a guest on this show or if I can help you or someone you know. I'm David Seibert, and you can find me on LinkedIn or at my website, davidseibertconsulting.com.